0: Hello and welcome to today's Go Anteater podcast. Today we're going to have a little bit more fun, be a little bit more relaxed. Um, We're going to cover some of the misconceptions with insects out in the wild. A lot of these questions came from the internet. We would love for people to give more questions to ask for us, so please do. Um, But with that, today I am Russell Jenkins, your host. I have Travis Gates here today as our board-certified entomologist, insect guru, and podcast uh, multiple times over now. He's been a co-host multiple times. Um, How are you doing today, man?
1: Doing all right. Yeah, yeah?
0: I'm here, ready. Ready? I'm hoping the internet has exciting questions. (laughs) Well, so I will be, if you hear it, I apologize. I have papers with some of the questions from the internet that we're going to go over today. So I have no papers. We are firing from the hip. Hey, that's how we do it sometimes. Machine gun style. That's how we do it sometimes. So question number one from the World Wide Web is all insects
1: only live on land. False. No. Uh, does that count? <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> No, so we definitely have aquatic insects, mm-hmm. um, which can live either on the surface of the water or actually underwater. Um, hell, there's a whole group of nice predaceous diving beetles. Uh, we've got giant water bugs, which a lot of people say water bug and think of cockroach. Right. Or they call their cockroaches water bugs because it makes it sound less gross. Right. <laughs> which is its own thing. Uh, but water bugs are actually a predacious thing down underwater, too. They'll eat minnows and tadpoles, things like that um hell there's spiders that can actually build whole webs underwater Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they'll actually carry air down trapped against the fur on their body and kind of use that to create a little air bubble for them to live in underwater where they can also catch minnows and things like that um so no uh we have we have insects that both live in water and on land um you know not deep ocean we don't get a lot of ocean insects out there uh just because they're too far away from other resources. They actually need fresh water and things like that in many cases. Um, there are certain things that can live in kind of brackish water, which is going to be that mix of fresh and salt. Um, but, yeah, things need water in general, which oh, is going to limit things. For sure. Uh, but, yeah, we we get them in odd places sometimes. I mean, you think about just some of the weird extreme environments where life shows up on the planet. and I mean, down in cave systems where they're completely blind and pale because they haven't been, you know, In the sunlight for thousands of years. It's like, they still survive. They find a way. Life finds a way. It does? That's a quote that I just totally made up on my own. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Don't look it up. Don't look
0: it up. So, um, and I know a lot of people will reference for the ocean. They say, like, ocean lice. Those aren't actually insects
1: many of those are arthropods yes. which are related but a lot of them obviously fall in the crustaceans mm-hmm. um which again are tied they share the exoskeleton they share bilateral symmetry where they're the same on both sides essentially um they breathe through typically gills not mm-hmm. the spiracles and trachea we see for most of our insects um so there's they're definitely kind of in the same umbrella right. um, of arthropods um but no, typically they're ending, they're going to be crustaceans. Right. And that's that when you get to deeper water, where they don't have access to the surface, obviously you can't breathe through holes in your body that access air. So now we actually have to have gills that are functionally producing the oxygen they need from the water. Right. Right. Yeah, right. I guess, uh, have you seen the the big deep sea isopods? They're basically giant roly polies that live at the bottom of the ocean okay, yeah, and scavenge yeah, yeah. Yep, things. Yep. Yeah, they show up at like whale falls where a dead whale's Mm -hmm. body sinks down. But yeah, they're just, they look almost exactly like a roly-poly if you just scaled it up. Right. So if you had a a growth ray and you zap the (laughs) roly-polies in your yard, you'd end up with basically that same thing. So yeah, think about that. Look those up online and see if you can sleep at night with the roly-polies around. (laughs) So they're just, they're scavengers. They're helping decompose and recycle nutrients into the environment. But yeah, they're cool beneficial right beneficial in their in their way yes yeah yeah
0: so now question number two from out in the lands is insects are not animals false
1: right um so yeah and that's just we go to our kingdoms right Mm -hmm. so if we have our whole process of kingdom phylum order class family genus species uh, where we get all of our scientific names and everything from that process uh, the classification basically breaks it into your kingdoms so kingdom animalia includes crustaceans and arthropods as a general group so insects fall right in there with your arthropods so, yeah, we're, we're still under the animal umbrella. Right. There's a lot of things that fit under animal, right? And then you have plant, then you have some bacteria and things like that that are a mm-hmm. little different. Oh, yeah. 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 So, yeah, that one's pretty easy.
0: That is an easy one. Bam. There you go. Answered. The next one um, the daddy long legs is a type of flying spider. Interesting. I haven't seen it like that before, but yeah, flying yeah, uh, spider. You get
1: a lot, of, a lot of opinions on what a daddy long legs is. I think that's, that's one of the first things is when people refer to a daddy long legs, we, we've got to break it into the right categories. Because basically people see anything with long skinny legs and it's a daddy long <laughs> daddy legs. Daddy long legs. Well, there's a lot of things with long skinny legs. Um, so the true daddy long legs, if we go that direction, are going to be things like Harvestman spiders. Mm-hmm. Which generally look like one big chunk of body like a circle and then all those little tiny hair-like legs that come off. And they are predators, but they're feeding on things like mites yep. and things like that on plants up under ledges of rock. You'll find them when you're camping, right? They're in the hole in the tree, and there's just a thousand of them all together. Um, so that's a daddy long legs. Um, then we get to things like cellar spiders, which are a true spider, a web-building spider. Um, they're going to be responsible for a lot of those sheets of webbing that we see flopping around in the light fixtures of big warehouse stores and things like that. Um and they basically build a little strip of web, and when it gets dirty or damaged, they just move over and build another one, move over and build another one, so you get those big sheets. Um, they also will live in a big group, but body style-wise, they have those super long, thin legs, right. uh, but they have a big, obvious abdomen that hangs off the back end, so it's easy to break them away from the Harvestman spiders. Um Then we get into what I assume the flying spider one is, um, is going to be what we call crane flies. Mm -hmm. Uh, Crane flies are going to be the thing that we hear people call uh, mosquito hawks, mosquito eaters. Um, We hear them called daddy long legs. We hear them called mayflies, which are a whole separate group of things. Yep. Um, So there's a bunch of names for the same thing. Um, We call those colloquialisms, which are kind of the the local name given to a a given organism. Um, But crane flies as a whole, uh, basically they're larvae. Eat the thatch. They eat the decaying material down at the base of, like, a lawn, right? So they're helping, again, recycling nutrients, doing good work. Um, And then they'll pupate and then they will emerge as an adult. So, oftentimes people will walk out in their yard and you see these big old things fly out from the grass. That's where they developed, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The adult has no functional mouth parts. So, they do not eat mosquitoes. They basically serve the purpose of mating, laying eggs, and dying. That is their whole life cycle. The larva is there at the longest period. The adult is there long enough to mate, lay eggs, and die. So by the time you see them bashing up against like the porch light, they're done. They're just trying to end it. They're like, we're done with this process. Yeah. Let us go back to the start. Um, so, you know, don't, don't feel bad. Um, we would call crane flies primarily nuisance flies because they don't hurt anything. They just annoy people. Right. Uh, but as far as flying spiders go... Um, none of our spiders have wings. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to take that out. Uh, none of them have developed anti-gravity technology that I'm aware of. Maybe someday. I don't put it past them. Some of those spiders are pretty smart. Um, but about the most flight you get from a spider is going to be uh, immature spiders. Um, we do get some species that show what we call ballooning behavior, which if you guys have ever seen Charlotte's Web all the baby spiders at the end of charlotte's web that let out the strand and get carried away by the breeze that's ballooning um so the spider isn't flying they essentially are just light enough that if you let a strand of web out it catches on the wind enough to kind of carry them away like Mm -hmm. a little kite right and the only reason they're doing that is because if they all stay in the same area where they hatched out they eat their brothers and sisters so it just spreads the population out a bit to give them all a fighting chance um but that is the only time where we could hear someone say, oh, I had spiders fly into the house. It's going to be those little teeny tiny spiderlings that are really difficult to spot anyways. So, yeah, I'm going to say no on the flying spider. <laughs> if we're talking about the same thing, as far as the daddy long legs, it's a crane fly. Um, and, yeah, it's just confusing when all our names kind of overlap. For oh, different for things. sure.
0: For sure all right so let's move on to the next one we have okay since we just did an episode or an episode's coming out shortly about beneficial insect of ladybugs Uh one of the ones was that you can tell the age of a ladybug off of the spots on their back
1: Uh, like a tree right yeah yeah, exactly how many rings we count how many rings are inside the ladybug uh no (laughs) no that's not true either um yeah so different species just have different patterns Mm -hmm. even within a species you can have some variety of patterning Uh, just like you know people can have different freckles and things like that i mean you get variety there so it's it is not a thing where i can count the spots i mean there are specifically two spot ladybugs well they're not all two right Right. and when we say two do we mean years because most of them don't live that long so (laughs) you're not gonna get that so if i had a seven spot ladybug that is a very long-lived beetle um, so, no, not not a thing. Um, really, if you see a ladybug that is recognizable as a ladybug, you know it's an adult. They're going to live for few months maybe longer than a few months depending on the time of year where they become an adult just because they may overwinter they may survive the winter in the kind of hibernation mode which can kind of stretch that lifespan a little bit but they don't live for a long long time right most of our insects in the world their goal is just to live long enough as an adult to mate lay eggs and die yep so that's just life right? reproduction the goal is reproduction yep so a little bit better every time
0: oh yeah oh yeah well on- So this is a common misconception, however, it's one that I feel like most pest operators or people in the industry of pest control were kind of would say, yeah, we hear it all the time, yeah, definitely not true, which is spiders are insects. Spiders
1: are not insects. Uh, Spiders are not bugs, Yeah. right? Um, So insects as a whole. Three body regions, head, thorax, and abdomen. All the sensory parts, the mouth, eyes, antenna, are attached to the head. Um, all the movement parts are attached to the thorax, so legs and wings would be on the thorax. And the abdomen is going to have some of the digestion and reproduction. Mm-hmm. Right? Digestion runs kind of through the whole system because you got to connect the mouth to the butt. Um, but three body regions, three pairs of legs for a total of six. Six legs. That's <laughs> math, folks. Um, but... Yeah, that's going to be insect. Spiders obviously don't have six legs. They have eight legs. So that automatically takes them away from our insect. Yep. Um, no, spiders are arachnids. Mm-hmm. So arachnids have two body regions um, and eight legs. You also have the difference where uh, insects will have antenna or wings. Spiders will not have antenna or wings. So even sometimes you'll look at a spider and you see what looks like little antenna right around the face. Those are actually part of the mouth, mm-hmm. the little petipalps there that help them move food around um so not antenna they just kind of look like antenna sometimes um but yeah then if we categorize even further and we say they're not bugs um bugs as a whole are one group of insects yep there's a group of insects that's our true bugs Um, That's going to be anything with those piercing, sucky mouthparts are hemipterins. Uh, So stink bugs, aphids, a lot of your plant pests and things like that. Um, It all kind of fits into this category of true bug, Mm -hmm. um, which those we can call bugs because that's what they are. (laughs) But everything else with bug in the name, not really a bug. It's just a name that got stuck to them. So, yeah, we get a little wishy-washy when we get to kind of that kind of convention. But no. Spiders are arachnids, which are a separate class of arthropods. Yep. Other arachnids, I guess, could be things like uh, ticks, mites, scorpions, that kind of stuff. Which
0: actually segues into the next misconception, which is everything with eight legs is a
1: spider. Yeah, incorrect. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, things like ticks and mites, often you will see as adults will have eight legs. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes things like immature ticks or mites may have six legs as they develop, but they will have eight legs as an adult. So you get some weird variety there, Um, but they're still structurally pretty obvious that it's going to be an arachnid, Mm -hmm. not an insect. Um, I mean, think about a scorpion. Yep, A scorpion's got a big old tail on it. It doesn't even look like a spider so yeah no eight legs does not mean spider right so we've got variety in the group it means arachnid but not spider yeah so
0: another misconception is all insects are bugs
1: yeah and i think we already touched on that we one, did right? so yeah our true bugs are the bugs and that's going to be one group of things are hemipterans, which kind of fit in there again any Those groups are primarily going to be plant pests. Mm -hmm. Uh, Box elder bugs, stink bugs. You do have your assassin bugs in the mix, um, which generally aren't feeding on plants. They're feeding on things that are feeding on the plants. So they're actually beneficial in most cases. Um, There are a few of them that we would consider pests because they can cause bites. Um, A couple of them are vectors of disease, things like shocker disease through kissing bugs. Um, But for the most part, those are bugs, and they're all going to have that kind of needle-like mouth part. They stab in. Um, you can even categorize them by like where the mouth part is attached. Mm-hmm. So some of them will have the mouth part attached right at the front of the face. Some are in the middle. Some are down at the back end of the face. So that even breaks it into different categories, which contain different categories, which contain different categories, <laughs> which, yeah, it gets all complicated. But the bugs is a, a big group, but not every insect is a bug, a bug, right? So everything else is just an insect, and we may call it a bug because it's the easy term people know. Yeah, generally if you tell a, an entomologist, oh, well, I found this bug, we have one little moment of cringe where we go, no, you didn't. And then otherwise it's like, well, everyone calls them bugs, so I understand what you're saying. Right. Right? You are not the type of nerd that I am, so I don't expect you to use all the same words. <laughs> it's okay. Speak the way you speak.
0: <laughs> um, another misconception out there is that small winged insects are always the baby of that
1: insect species uh that's a good one right i get a lot of this especially this time of year Uh, people find little brown beetles on the front porch They go, oh well it's like a baby june bug right well i mean it looks like a june bug and it may be related to a normal june bug that we would think of but even then that's a whole group of things right Mm. anytime we see an insect with wings except for kind of one exception specifically it's an adult right so if we see it flies and has wings at all just know that that's the adult that's as big as it's going to get typically so you don't have to think oh well this is a baby something right yeah wings tell you it's an adult Uh, the one category that's a little weird there is going to be our mayflies Uh, mayflies which are tied to aquatic ecosystems so the things we'll see around lakes and streams ponds things like that they'll come out in the billions and just like layer walls of wings, Right. right. Um, so typically they're going to have these two kind of big triangular wings that stick off the back. And these little tail filaments that stick out. So that's a true mayfly. Uh, they have a stage right before adulthood called the subamago. Um, which gives them wings. And that's because the majority of their life is spent in the water. So they have this like pre-adult stage where they can fly out and group up somewhere. And then they become an adult, become sexually mature and they can mate. So, they, they're the only group that really has that kind of pre-adult flight stage, but it's basically just like a, a young adult. Right. It's like someone who just turned 18 and is pretending to be an adult, even though they aren't fully functional as an adult quite yet. Because we all know. We've been there. You're an adult, but you don't have the responsibilities of right. an adult. Right. Yeah. So, then you become a real adult, and you realize just how horrible no, that's just me? Okay, <laughs> never mind. It's all going to be okay.
0: Another misconception, which I haven't personally heard this one before, so I'm interested, is it's illegal to harm a praying mantis.
1: Um, I will say, as a whole, there's not a lot of insects in the world that I would say are protected Anywhere for any reason. By lawful reasons, too. Yeah, I mean, even honeybees. You know, people think about honeybees as Should being be. this important pollinator. Should be. They're not technically protected. No. So, you know, you can kill honeybees. You shouldn't because it's kind of rude. Um, let them do their good work and leave them the hell alone. Uh, but that that would be a group where I could see them putting protections in place because it is important, and it is a industry, right? It's a mm-hmm. multi-billion-dollar-a-year industry 100%. Um, but other insects... The problem is we have groups like PETA out in the world, right, who do try to campaign for protection of different animals and things like that. Insects haven't quite made it on the roster of things that they care about in most cases, and so a lot of people just aren't really concerned about the well-being of insects. A lot of people think every insect is a pest, so every insect should be a dead insect, and that's the way the world should be. Obviously, we know that's not true, right? Less than 1% of all insect species on the planet will ever behave as a pest. So 100%. a tiny fraction of them could be a pest. Um, but, yeah, I, there's there's no legal ramifications. And also, I don't know that you'd have like you know, the EPA swoop in, hey, you touch that praying mantis. <laughs> no one's watching, right? Think about how many insects there are in the world. We're talking gazillion, right? It's beyond a normal number that you'll throw out there. Um, no one's paying attention to them. Uh, Even in research settings, I will say insects don't really have the same protections that things like mice or fish or anything else does. So once you have fur and fins, there's like processes and documentation you have to maintain when you're doing some sort of experimentation or research. As far as insects go, you just kind of do whatever you need to. It's insects. It's fine. So we're lucky they breed quickly. So yeah, no, no protection for the praying mantis. They will protect themselves with their kung fu... (laughs)
0: um another one just was a blanket is that insects try to attack people in general
1: i mean we have to think on a idea of scale here right right? yeah an insect doesn't see you and go i can take him (laughs) that's not how it works it's like you walking up to a skyscraper and going i'm gonna punch this thing down just not really realistic your brain says no right so For them, the times where insects are aggressive towards people, either you have gotten too close to a social insect, um, something like yellow jackets, honeybees, things like that. They live in a colony, and they're protecting the colony, right? Their goal is to get you to go away because they're trying to survive. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fire ants. Fire ants don't just come after you to sting you. Fire ants sting you because you interrupted either their foraging or you stepped on their mound, right? So those are situations where maybe we're going to think of them as aggressive, but it's more defensive. Right. We're just thinking it's aggressive. Um, otherwise, you know, times where people get stung or bitten, it's it's defensive. Mm-hmm. They're sitting in one spot. You put on your pair of shoes, and they're trapped in the shoe with you, and they go, ha no, and they try to fight back. That's where you get bitten. That's where you get stung. Um, so they are not generally aggressive creatures, because they have no reason to come after you. Right. Yeah, you're, you're not a viable food source yeah. for our insects in most places. So we don't really have to worry about them trying to eat you or anything. Now, you know, who knows what the future may hold. We can have a cool mutated bug that comes out. I've seen the movie Mimic. I know what happens. <laughs> Giant cockroaches that look like people that live in the sewer. That's the future. That's the future. Everyone <laughs> check out Mimic. It's really creepy. <laughs> okay. Um, another
0: misconception was... Wait, are movies not real? Are movies not real? Oh no <laughs> Another misconception out there is that All spiders make and produce Webs
1: So When we say that We can think about it as the sense of When I mention web I'm thinking about a structured device mm-hmm. To capture food mm-hmm. right? And even within our web building Spiders, we have variety there right so we have our classic orb weavers building that you know normal spider web with the nice little rings in it and the little bands that go out the one that wraps around your body when you're walking through the woods that's going to be something like an orb weaver then you have things like a funnel web makes a little funnel shaped web that goes back into a little hidey hole and all those little strands coming out act like trip wires uh, you can have things like trapdoor spiders which make a little silken tube and they hide in the tube with their little door above them and they pop out and grab things drag them back in Um, You can have things that make, like, a little strand of web on their arms, and then they put a glob of glue at the end, and they swing it around, and they throw it at things to catch them, right? So we get a lot of variety even within the web builders, Um, but not every spider builds a web, like a structured web, to collect food. Mm -hmm. Um, Some spiders will use web only as kind of safety lines. Uh, Jumping spiders are a good example of this. So the little guys with those big front-facing eyes that kind of walk like a little crab. Mm -hmm. Um, you'll see them bouncing around extremely quickly from point A to point B. Uh, but every time they leap off of something, they'll tap a little safety line behind them like a bungee cord, just in case they misjudge the distance, right? So they're not making a web, but they're leaving some web. They do, can produce the silk. Right. Um, so that's the thing. Most of our spiders will produce silk, but they use it for different purposes, right? Uh, some of them will literally only use it to build, like, a place to lay eggs. It's just there to create an egg sac that's it. That's the only reason they use silk at all. So I guess it just depends on what you mean by web, right? True. So not every spider produces a web to capture food. Um, I would say almost every single spider will use silk for some purpose, Mm -hmm. but maybe not as a web that we would recognize. Right, right. And that may be generalizing. I mean, but to my knowledge, I'm an entomologist, not an arachnologist. Different job
0: that is that is that's true
1: i'm trying my best
0: (laughs) (laughs) well so to we answered a handful of questions of misconceptions from the internet from the world things that people may not know about the industry or insects in general or arachnids for that matter so today was just a fun episode to kind of go through that if you enjoyed this please like comment subscribe and share and in the comment section, please put some of the questions that you may have heard or that you want to know about when it comes to misconceptions or someone. If, if you've ever found yourself going, hmm, I wonder if that's true. Throw it down in the comments. We'll try to answer it in the next podcast that we cover for this. So that way your your question can be out there. Um,
1: it's like, what would be a cricket's favorite book if a cricket's you, had a favorite book? There you go. You know, important stuff. Very important stuff. You know, what's the favorite food of, you know, uh, fruit fly?
0: This is very it's hard to figure out. Right? It's very captivating. I like it's this. Really hard to guess. I like this. <laughs> but thank you everybody for tuning in today, and uh, please just keep going and following us. And I appreciate you today, Travis, for being a part of the episode today, and thank look you for f- inviting me. sir. of course, of course. Look forward to the next episode that we do together, whether it be beneficial insects and sex in general, something of this nature. We've also done eight-legged freaks, covering of what that, that movie was, was. That was very yeah, that important. That was very important. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we'll just like to have fun and continue. So thanks everybody. Cheers and have a good rest of the day.